Welcome back to Brazil Crypto Report. Today I'm joined by Vugar Usi, Chief Operating Officer at BitGet, which is one of the world's largest cryptocurrency exchanges. We talk about BitGet's focus on Brazil, Latin America, and other emerging markets, its customer acquisition strategy in the region, and its partnership with football superstar Lionel Messi. Great. So we're here today with Vugar Usi, who is the Chief Operating Officer at BitGet. Vugar, it's great to have you here today. Thank you very much for the invite. Very excited. Amazing. So Vugar, to get started, why don't you give us a quick uh, just introduction to yourself and your background and your role at BitGet? Sure, definitely. Uh, to begin with, my name is Vugar. Uh, I am uh, Chief Operating Officer at uh, BitGet. I recently appointed. Prior to that, uh, I used to work at a media giant, uh, being crypto operating in 16 countries. And I was responsible for the company's growth in last two years. And of course, being a chief operating officer at one of the biggest centralized exchanges is a huge responsibility. And of course, it's a great honor to take on this crucial role where I will be serving as the company's both external face and also actively working with the internal team to manage operations. I overall have like a 15 years of extensive leadership experience, both in financial industry, Fortune 500 companies. I served on a board of the venture capital firms. Uh, and also before joining BitGet, I served as a board member and chief marketing officer at Being Crypto, I earlier mentioned. And this is one of the jobs that I really take pride because while my tenure at the company, I helped the company grow more than three times. We expanded to 16 countries and we take a huge pride because it was not just expanding in terms of uh, establishing a domain, but it was actually building a local team in all these 16 countries, which gives me an advantage or an alpha to come and replicate in BitGet. And also, oh, we achieved a huge revenue growth within the my tenure at Being Crypto. It was uh, the last quarter before I left the company was the uh, most uh, profitable quarter of all times in the company. Therefore, I believe my experience both managing the teams, expanding to new markets, and also contributing to the growth is what makes me really unique as a talent uh, and a good fit for this very responsible job as a chief operating officer. And also, I'm sure you will be interested like how I did or like someone like me ends up in a crypto industry. I came to crypto back in 2017. Uh, upon successful exiting a unicorn at tech startup that I was working on, I joined a Dubai-based VC as a CMO again because I wanted to expand my horizons and also as someone who newly exited and had some, you know, little bit money in hand, I wasn't able to like a fully commit and spend it or invest it without conviction. Therefore, I wanted to have a position within the company where I understand what is the best way to invest. And that's how I discovered crypto opportunities. I have invested in several play to earn games, social files, and also a little bit to the liquid funds. And I must say that while like my earnings were not significant, especially from that investment, but 
I had a lot of learnings and I ended up loving the crypto industry and being in fact, stuck in a very good meaning of <laughs> the industry. Yeah, I know. It's like all these, all, all every time I feel like I've, I've lost money on one of these things or I've gotten rugged or, you know, it's like, well, at least I learned something really valuable from this experience. You know, <laughs> it's like I'm yeah, not going to make that mistake. Learn, again. Learning money, tuition fee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Tuition fee, right? Uh, play to learn, I guess, or, or pay to learn, right? Maybe is the other the best, you know, framing for this. But uh, no, super interesting, super interesting background. And uh, yeah, very impressive what you built with be in crypto. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 I feel like the site is everywhere now. I mean, there's, there's a Brazil, uh, Latin America site. I think there's a Spanish one. There's a Portuguese one. Um, and it's, it's kind of everywhere and it's, it's, it's relatively new compared to, you know, in the crypto media world, like it's been around maybe like five, six years, if I recall correctly. Uh, exactly. but compared to like Cointelegraph or something, it's, it's like relatively new. Right. But you've been able to like really kind of, uh, it's pretty impressive. You able to build that up. It's not only the new, I think the great thing I loved uh, about being crypto, and I still do love about being crypto, is that being crypto is one of the very few and also youngest media that was uh, free of VC, venture money, or institutional money. Because especially during the bear market, most of that named big media ended up taking either like a fully exiting or taking uh, you know institutional money and giving up the board seat which I hope will never happen, but I also suspect that will affect their biasness. What was important about being crypto, because there wasn't any external money coming in and was fully breaking even business, it could always uh, stay independent and say what is the right thing to say. Yeah, and that's super important. And and being able to do that and be ha actually have a, a, a profit-making business model while being able to do that. Uh, I mean, just look at the, you know, I'm sure you've seen like it seems like every day there's a new round of media layoffs happening right now. So it's not not exactly the best uh, time to be in the media industry, I guess. But being able to be, uh, you know, profitable and and uh, ethical and and being unbiased, I mean, it's a it's a it's a rare combination these days, I suppose. Uh, but anyway, let's let's turn and talk a bit more about BitGet itself. Uh, I think BitGet's probably most famous for uh, Lionel Messi. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's the first thing I think about when I think about BitGet. Uh, and uh, but maybe give us some background on like what is BitGet? Like what are your main uh, kind of markets? Like what's what's how do you how do you kind of fit into the global uh, you know, landscape of, of exchanges and brokerages? BitGet was established back in 2018 and was uh, first believers were like really large four VCs that came and invested in their company. And today we are one of the world's leading cryptocurrency exchanges and Web3 company. We are serving our clients both uh, centralized as an exchange, but also decentralized because we do offer a decentralized wallet. Uh, we recently acquired, previously was called BitGift, but currently it's called BitGet Wallet, which gives our users uh, fully decentralized access to the crypto ecosystem. And both these services combined together, we serve 20 million users in 100 plus countries. And also we have a team, uh, more than 1,500 professionals across the globe that is making this big dream happening as a Web3 company. And our main goal, of course, bread and butter is the trade. And we are taking pride and our tagline is like a trade smarter. We are thinking of more and more ways we can help our customers 
to make smart trades and smart decisions. And it's not a secret that we are the largest uh, copy trading platform. I think that's one of the features that makes us uh, puts us, uh, you know, apart from the competition, even though more and more our competitors uh, starting last year start offering such uh, solutions to their customers. And I believe can you, can you uh, maybe, maybe, maybe talk a bit more about just cop the copy trading feature for maybe uh, listeners who aren't familiar with that particular product. Uh, the way I like to see it and I love the feature is that. Uh, Trade is a very hard job and it takes a lot of effort. You have to go and research and understand how market moves and what kind of decisions to make. Copy trading allows you to find uh, traders that you really like were being uh, very efficient and doing good returns. And you could just ask your tool to copy whatever that person or trader is doing, whether it's a real time person or real trader, or it can be also a bot that does all these decisions. And in my opinion, it's a very great kind of a way to start trading without investing too much time into the researching and also taking an advantage of a person that already did that research for you and made that decision. And I think that's kind of a simple solution to fast track the way you could come to the market, invest in the assets and build that portfolio that is profitable. Got it. So it's a good way to to be a bit more of an active trader, uh, but the thought of of just staring at charts all day and, and technical analysis is maybe it's maybe not really your uh, your skill set or your you don't have time for that. But you want to be a bit more have, bit more, have bit more be a bit more active trader essentially in the market than just buying and holding. It's like an apprenticeship, you know. You first off observe how someone does it, and then you try to understand why they did certain aspects and then you can replicate of course it depends how one uses the tool not everyone uses it as an entry to learn sometimes i know that people do it as a long-term strategy others simply don't have time and they want to you know copy the trades of the very famous uh, trader that they're part of the community but the way i wanted to see it or like i use it myself is apprenticeship where i want to observe the people I already trust, the community that I'm part of, but also try to understand why they did the certain moves and then to see how I can replicate or what I would do differently myself. Got it. Got it. And then let's talk a bit about the, the Lionel Messi partnerships, uh, because that's, I guess that's the most, probably the most famous thing you guys are, are known for at this point. But I saw you, you, you even put out uh, a movie, like a new film feature with, with involved with Messi that just came out maybe a, a week or two ago or, or last month. Uh, but we just love to to get some more color on like what are your what does this partnership with Messi look like and how has it been beneficial for uh, kind of boosting the uh, the brand recognition of, of the of the company? Uh, definitely, I, I our partnership with Messi uh, goes two years back already, and we have been consistently communicating this uh, throughout. And of course, last week we launched a Make It Count campaign where we talk about the importance of hard work and uh, that made Lionel Messi who he is like the greatest of all times and how by hard work and by making every small step count, anyone can achieve their dreams, whether it's a financial dreams, whether it's education and everything above and beyond. And definitely partnership uh, puts us on the map uh, because Lionel Messi, obviously the best player of all times, he has a huge followership and 
it's very important when we talk about this partnership to understand that it's not like BitGet chose Messi. It's more of like a Messi chose BitGet because uh, apparently Messi had more than other alternatives to work with in terms of crypto exchanges. But even though there was they, the other uh, competitors of ours were offering bigger financial remuneration, Messi decided to work with a BitGet throughout because he believed in a product, he believed in the tool. And I think that is what makes us really, really unique as a business to have an endorsement from such a huge name. And of course, it's not uh, a new marketing tactic uh, in the market because there are competitive also crypto exchanges that do partner with uh, football stars to get endorsements. But when we look back to our partnership with Messi, it was very consistent for the last two years. And we've been able to not only focus on the Latin America or Argentinian market where Messi comes from, but globally, because he's a true global star, even though his move to uh, Inter Miami would did not like do much favor in terms of the US market, considering that BitGet does not operate in that particular market, even though his move, uh, I believe, sparked a huge interest in the US market for the football or like a traditional soccer as we before in english because in america they have a different sport for the <laughs> yeah i believe it's a very great partnership that is aligning on conviction level yeah i mean it, the name brand the brand recognition is, is as good as it gets right it, it's it's like michael jordan right like uh i remember i was uh, a couple of years ago i did a, a, a hiking trekking trip in the himalayas in nepal and one of the guys in my 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 team or when my group was from Argentina and we were kind of going around to these towns and he's, you know, we're introducing ourselves to people or whatever. And he's like, Oh, I'm from Argentina. And they're like, what's that? And he's like, messy. And they're like, these are like kids are like, Oh yeah, messy. Yeah. Everybody, like every, even the kids in like, you know, mountain villages in Nepal, like know who messy is. Right. So no, it's a, yeah, it's a nice get, uh, definitely a nice get, uh, to, to have uh, partnering with your brand. Um, but let's talk a bit more about, uh, Kind of how you guys are positioning yourselves in uh, LATAM and then specifically uh, with Brazil. Uh, but we'd love to, I know you guys have been kind of operating here, um, or at least with some presence for the last, you know, maybe 12, 18 months or so to a certain degree. Uh, but you're really looking to to ramp things up a bit more. Um, so we'd just love to get uh, some color on how uh, BitGet is positioning itself uh, in the region here. Definitely. I, I, I like the fact that in the beginning of the conversation, you mentioned uh, my previous employer uh, being crypto and how we expanded in the both Latin American market, whether it's Portuguese speaking Brazil or the Spanish speaking part of the region. And I personally, I do see a huge opportunity in that market. And it's not a secret that the opportunities are sparked by the also like a economical political situation that's been running for many years but also recently we saw that Argentina elected new like a crypto pro uh, president also El Salvador's president got re-elected it means the region is more educated and I remember last time when I was in Argentina uh, more than 50 percent of Ethereum uh, developed projects are coming out of Argentina it means the region has a for me, uh, as a chief operating officer of the BitGet and the crypto exchange, I think that the region has a great balance of people who know about crypto, they're educated, they're ready to invest, they're ready to make the best use out of it. Therefore, in 2024, 
one of my strategic alignments will be expanding in LATAM as a priority market. And when we look at our company's current structure, we have more than 200 employees that is serving to the market and focusing on the market, whether it's operations, marketing, and all the other aspects of the business, which is really important for us. And we are planning to increase uh, our team serving that Latam region around 50%. That is how much we are planning to expand in the region. Oh, and wow. when it comes to Brazil and also like the entire Latin American market, it has really strong players that are already established there. It means we have to go and compete in there. And I think it's a very good from the customer's end because when there is a good competition, it means there will be a great offering. For example, we have Bitso there, OKX there, Bybit there, Mercado Bitcoin there that is already established. They're doing well. Of course, I'm not even mentioning the biggest of all the Binance, even though they, they've been slowing down a little bit in the region. Therefore, from the BTS perspective, we are in the market. We need to strengthen in there. We need to offer a better solutions and faster solutions to be able to compete with the uh, all the other players that are established in there. And also, I believe that, uh, especially I love Brazil. I go there every year for the carnival and I visit the market a lot. And I love that the market is also driven by the cultural aspect. Therefore, I think that partnering with Messi was one of the good aspects. And I think we need to do more similar partnerships in the region that we get connected to the people on the cultural and emotional level, level rather than just transactional level. And I think we are, we've been very good at this so far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and when you're thinking about, you know, positioning yourself or, or, or kind of how you're, you're, you guys are a global exchange, right? You operate in, I think something like a hundred countries with, you know, millions of different customers around, around the world. And when you're thinking about priority markets and you're looking at a market like, like Latin America, where you have, I think you have a, a very strong like predisposition for people to adopt new technologies and uh, seek, you know, different types of financial tools and, and trading opportunities and arbitrage or just investment opportunities. But maybe, um, you know, in, in relation to like Europe or the or North America or the Middle East, like your your kind of value per customer is maybe not as as high as it would be in those markets, just because we're more of like a middle income region, not necessarily like a higher income region. So your average customer is not going to be trading, you know, they're not going to be buying like five hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin every day, kind of thing, right? It's going to be maybe they're buying a hundred Hey Ice worth of Bitcoin, which is twenty dollars, right? So, uh, and maybe they're not going to be. So I'm just kind of thinking of like. When you're looking to these new markets, it's like, yeah, you have like a, a strong uh, kind of predisposition of, of among people here to use these technologies, but maybe like the 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 value that you're getting out of each customer is maybe not what you might get in like a place like the Middle East or something where where there's a bit people might be might be spending more. So, I mean, how do you kind of like justify all that, and how, or how do you how do you guys kind of think through those those questions? I believe the core of my strategy uh, from the operational point of view is not thinking of a single customer and single transaction value point more of a, like a long-term positioning and long-term partnership with every customer even if they're like a small retail user and understanding how we can make lives better because as i mentioned there's already a strong competition in the market and if we are coming and we want to strengthen much more and become one of the leaders, 
we need to build that emotional bond with the user and make sure that they believe that as much as they grow, they can grow together with us. And in every step of their journey, we are able to offer them a product that can really align what they want to achieve. Because currently we are one of the strongest, as I mentioned, trading platforms, and we offer vast majority of trading tools to facilitate that uh, kind of a wealth generation, but also we are offering for our VIP K KYC customers now a BitGet card a product that is not much about generating wealth, but it's also about how uh, easily you can spend the money that you are earning or you, or you are having in the market, especially that is very volatile, has uh, high inflation rates or where the customers have different needs when we compare it to a very mature market where you probably won't have millions of traders, but you will have 10, 15 large players who will be trading a huge amount. And I think it is also about a balanced portfolio strategy where we want to make sure that we have a healthy balance of high rollers, but also uh, retail customers that are using the platform on a daily basis for their daily needs rather than coming and purely trading and looking only one aspect of the product portfolio that we are offering. Got it. Got it. So really trying to be a bit more of a, a broader kind of financial services platform and not just a place where you come to buy crypto, basically. Um, and then maybe talking through, let's talk through a bit uh, how you're approaching just customer acquisition in the region and um, interesting even kind of drawing on your experience from, from being crypto. Uh, kind of building out like localized teams in each of these regions as well. But kind of how are you? How are you thinking about? Okay, how are we actually going to get these people, uh, you know, to be aware of us, to be uh, to to onboard, uh, particularly given you know some of the the existing competition uh, that that you alluded to earlier. But what? How are you thinking about uh, kind of you know that customer acquisition strategy right now? Uh, I I think like there when we look at the acquisition strategy, there are like a two distinct uh, user base. There are crypto newbies or no coiners, people who haven't chosen their wallets yet. They know a little bit about crypto, but they haven't invested or they haven't bought any assets. These are very important customer base, in my opinion, and it will be more and more important moving forward because that's how we move entire market, right? We bring new people to the industry. They buy new assets. There's an influx of the money to the bigger pie and i think it's very important and all players should be focused doing focused in doing that and then another portion of the business is competing for an uh, crypto pros or people who already have an assets there can be people who trade and they're looking for a lower transaction fees or uh, airdrop hunters and knowledgeable audience out there and then we have to be able to offer a really competitive and good product to draw the attention of this audience while for the crypto beginners uh, mainly offering is about how they can do that one step easier at a time when we have these two audiences it's very also important to look at how our competitors acquire the users and how we do acquire the users our i think the biggest strategy in last two years was to build our brand presence we we're not much focusing on one-on-one -on -one user acquisition that I already mentioned uh, because we don't want to look at our customers into like a price tag option instead of we are 
uh, interested in onboarding the users that will be stay longer with us. They have some conviction. We have the similar values together and we want to be growing together. And I think the Messi campaign was one of the biggest impact points to this. And another largest uh, and really important uh, channel for our acquisition is a traditional word of mouth strategy but also reimagined through the key opinion leaders and influencers in the market where we wanted uh, to tap into the audiences of the key opinion leaders and make sure that we onboard that audiences to the platform through key opinion leader channel. And today we are working with almost hundreds of thousands of key opinion leaders across the world who are not necessarily crypto native, but who are into financial uh, freedom and investment that can be a good ambassadors and brand representation of the Bitcoin. And that was our most strategic channel to acquire users. Got it. Got it. Um, and then kind of touching on, I guess, the maybe kind of the elephant in the room issue, which you alluded to before, but, um, and this is, this isn't an issue that you face just in Latin America. This is probably you face this everywhere, which is, you know, how with Binance, uh, Binance kind of has like a chink in the armor right now. They've just had this big settlement with the US and CZ has stepped down and, and they're, we've kind of seen some of their, uh, their, their volumes and their, uh, their market share, uh, declining in the last couple of months as, as a result of some of this activity. And it seems like, uh, you know, folks in your position just across the market are, are saying like, okay, now's the time that we can finally, you know, maybe recapture some market share here that, uh, that, that, that is available for, for, for the taking and just thinking about, you know, we just love your thoughts on like, how are you guys approaching this? And I mean, especially in Brazil where we're at post FTX Binance was like 70%, you know, of the market basically, uh, it, it was, it was, a had, had a, quite a massive market share. So would love to think through, or love to get your thoughts on just how, you know, how are you going to compete against Binance, basically? <laughs> uh, and you know, what, what do you guys, what do you guys have, have, have that can, that could, what can you do better than Binance at this point, right? Why are folks going to choose you guys over Binance? I guess for like this one year in front of us, like the moment I took over the position, I decided that there are like a three key strategic areas we want to focus as a company and not necessarily to compete with Binance or any other large player, but like a generally what we believe that can propel our growth in 2024 as a bit as a full ecosystem. And there are like a three main areas that I believe is important for us. First and foremost, we already discussed is emerging markets and how we can focus and grow in there. Secondly, compliance, which will be our main focus for the year to make sure that we remain compliant and we work with the authorities in the markets we serve to make sure that we safeguard funds of the, our users and give them that you know peace of mind and definitely becoming the true web3 player that is not only focusing on the trade side of the business but we are able to offer dApps we are able to offer uh, different tools and uh, products that can make us a true large web3 player decentralized wallets and all the other ecosystem products that we will be developing and delivering to make sure that we stand out and in the beginning i mentioned like about the copy trading that is one of our bread and butters we are number one platform we are truly competitive on that side of the business 
and Binance and all the other competitors we have mentioned throughout this talk were following our steps to offer that product. Therefore, I believe uh, looking at an exchange business as a single brand and thinking, oh, how X is comparing with that, it's very hard because when you zoom in, it's, it becomes very evident that every player has their own strengths in particular product range and they need to develop the other side. And I think we've been successful on the trading side of the business. We definitely need to invest more efforts to become a true lifestyle brand where people choose us for all their needs rather than that particular niche that we are really good at. And definitely, as you mentioned, Binance case or OKX case, when one especially large player leaves the market, uh, people who remain in the industry tend to choose another alternative and therefore being the top of the mind and having that brand reputation is much important than the, all the other uh, components that would motivate someone to come and choose, especially in that a moment of, let's say, panic or that crucial decision making, one wants always to go with the brand that is truly reliable. And I believe BitGet achieved that by being able to introduce a user protection fund even before the all the FTX drama was happening. And also we are very transparent when it comes to our proof of reserves. And I believe this like a two aspects makes us BitGet as a trusted brand where people would choose as a number one alternative if something goes wrong in their primary choice of the exchange. And especially when we look at the mature market or the markets uh, with the uh, concentration of the mature users, we'll see that almost uh, all users would have more than one exchange that they or more than one app or account they're having in their portfolio just to move things around, understand what's happening in different platforms. Therefore, competing for an attention of an advanced user is getting much and much harder because they try to be everywhere at the same time. It's not like a business where you will be only loyal to the one brand or to the one platform and you'll never you know, go check the other one. I think it's the cost of switching is very low. It's by one click, people can jump from an app to another, understand what's happening in there. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great point. Um, you know, even just thinking through like my, my kind of crypto app portfolio, it's like, I have kind of my, you know, I have my, my, you know, my, my sort of safe and secure, reliable stuff thing, you know, exchanges or platforms that I use where like, okay. And then I have kind of my more, a little more risky ones for a bit more kind of gambling or like, you know, higher edge, you know, edgier type of things, uh, that are, you know, okay. Like this is, you know, there's a chance I might never get this back or whatever, but like, but I have kind of my things that I trust where I'm keeping most of my assets and I have things that are a bit more edgy that allow me a bit more access to some things that, uh, some other types of products. Um, but it's also about the offering, right? Sometimes yeah. you are looking for a particular asset that's not available in one platform and you are kind of a lean towards the other one and that's how you transact in the market. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's good to have. I mean, it's a good, it's kind of good for like just crypto health and knowledge generally to just use as many of these things as possible just to kind of get a feeling for like okay, what like okay, I could do all my trades on this exchange, but maybe I'm getting eaten alive by all the fees, right? So okay, maybe to find an alternative, right? Or it's like, okay, I could uh, you know, so there's all these little things that you 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 kind of learn how to arbitrage basically for depending on your your personal uh, you know, investment profile essentially. Um, but maybe moving on here, would love to think, would love to talk a bit about how, um, 
you are approaching like, the rest of the region beyond Brazil. Are there particular, I mean, you mentioned Argentina. We talked about that a bit more with the, with, with the Messi uh, uh, angle earlier. Uh, but we'd love to, to just get your thoughts on, are there other markets in the region here that you're particularly keen to or excited about or, um, uh, you know, Argentina, Colombia, Mexico, any of these other areas that, that you're, you're looking at as well? I believe the entire region is really top of mind for us. Uh, like a, when we talk about LATAM uh, altogether, so of course, like these large nations that like in Mexico, Argentina and Brazil, they are the main focus. Also the Colombia, as I mentioned, because of that healthy mix of educated people who know about crypto, the interest established players in there. And I think it's like a four core markets that we are uh, trying to cater the needs of the users, but overall the region is our main interest. Got it, got it. And then how would you compare the region to maybe other, I guess, quote unquote, emerging markets that you're you're operating in as well, like other parts of the world? Is there is there anything like noticeably different about this part of the world vis-a-vis uh, like a Southeast Asia or, or you know, kind of Middle East Africa region or, or is it, are these, these markets kind of have the same profile in your view? I believe I, I come from Turkey and I believe like uh, when I draw this like a parallels between Argentina and Turkey, I can clearly see that, for example, the crypto adoption is mainly fueled by the inflation and economical situation in the country and people who want to kind of safeguard their assets and their money. That's how they all end up using the crypto or relying on crypto. And when we look for example to nigeria also like in africa this is a similar story and i think that all the emerging markets have this uh, core underlying issue where the adoption is mainly fueled by the economical situation in all these regions and therefore uh, as i mentioned we are looking for offering a better lifestyle products where we can meet the demand of the users that are choosing crypto over the traditional financial instrument, right? But also once the user is in the ecosystem, of course, they get keen to trade, to better arbitrage, or whether buy and sell and use all the other possible opportunities out there to make better use of their funds as simple can be as, you know, uh, using the earn tools for the stable coins or staking and different aspects of the business out there. While we look at the developed market, it's more of a different user profile. If you look at uh, Western countries where people are more using the tools as an investment opportunity or to hedge their assets or as an alternative investment to make the gains. When it comes to Southeast Asia, of course, BitGet is really strong in Southeast Asia and also like a Chinese speaking world, I might say. And in that market, we do see that market is very mature. People have uh, a lot of alternatives and we have seen different cycles of play to earn games and coming. And where we look at, again, we'll see that there are some less uh, kind of a poor economical situations where people use the tools more for like a money making rather than kind of a safety net. They are trying to look at options. Therefore, when we look zoom into the market, we'll see that there's a huge buzz about play to earn games. There's a huge buzz about all the meme coins or the small projects that come out. 
and also very small portion of the investment because people are chasing kind of the next 100x what isn't which is not happening in the mature markets and i think that's kind of a two important points and another very important point is that adaptability of the markets especially in a very developed market we see that from the legal standpoint or legislative standpoint things are very slow and once the things are happening they're becoming super strict while uh, in the emerging countries we have a huge hopes that they will be more welcoming to the new sets of industry players also the new ways of investing and i think that's like kind of a one thing that gives us more hope about the emerging markets where we can continue operating and also continue partnering with the local authorities to make sure that we are building an ecosystem that is thinking or like putting the end user or the nation of that particular country to the focus rather than thinking on the restrictive mechanisms that most western countries are doing in an example of us and that was for example one of the reasons why bitget do not operate in that market at all got it got it yeah that makes a lot of sense right like the 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 uh, the emerging market countries are a bit more you know there's there's they're just a bit more open to some of these these new trends and these technologies so they're not quite as uh we'll say like protective or maybe captured or however you wanted to you know whatever whatever the, the we're not trying to like mind read us regulators here but whatever their motivation is it doesn't seem to be happening in some of these other places um yeah like in terms of like a us and west we see that there's like a more of a more like a very different narrative is what is winning the elections while we like to my surprise when we look at latam i mentioned like el salvador and argentina where like a pro crypto narrative was able to win the elections and it is very rarely you see a pro crypto politician in my opinion. yeah 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 exactly like the like najib which had the najib bukele elections uh things over the weekend or a couple of days ago here and yeah he won by you know like what, like 80 90 percent of the vote essentially people seem to really love this guy and maybe you know maybe I mean, he's done more than obviously just bitcoin but people aren't yeah, uh, people seem to be going along with his agenda, which includes Bitcoin, and they're excited about it. Um, so there's definitely a different narrative there than than what we have in the West. That's for sure. Um, so maybe to kind of wrap things up here, uh, we'd just love to get um, you know some final thoughts from you on um, you know what types of like partners are you looking for in the region? Um, you know, how can folks get best get in touch with you if, if they have something, you know, if they have something to offer, if they want to learn more about what you guys are doing, or if they want to come alongside you, uh, well, like what types of folks are you looking to, um, ideally meet and connect with, uh, in this part of the world? I, as I mentioned, like, uh, this year we are planning to grow our team in the Latin America up to 50%. It means keeping a close eye on our social media and making sure that whenever there's a, a employment opportunities emerge, uh, the talent reaches out is very important. Also, I am available both on Twitter and all the other social media, and I'm trying to be very responsive. So far, I'm succeeding and I'm really happy about it. Therefore, we have that open communication policy within the company. Therefore, everyone who is trying to reach out to me personally or to any other team members, most probably you will be hearing from one of us and in a very short time and it's very important for us to be able to attract that top talent and 
position ourselves as the one of the best places to work both from the benefits perspective but also the company culture that we are building and it will be one of the center points or focal points for my strategy in 2024 in terms of operation because i believe without right talent without a great people it's very hard to build a great product or serve the users uh, with the services that they actually need therefore that is our main important point also as i mentioned we do work with the key opinion leaders and influencers who are trying to uh, become our uh, kind of extension in the market and spread the word about BitGet. Therefore, uh, we do have a lot of also business development representatives within the markets that they can be reached out if you want to be partnering with one of our uh, local teams in, in that terms. Therefore, I believe just keeping an eye on uh, our social media and making sure that we are making the best out of these kind of a partnerships is very important and easy way. And definitely my favorite aspect about BitGet is that we do have a lot of trading competitions and a lot of ways to earn without doing much uh, in terms of just signing up, doing this small task within the platform and getting a share from award pools. Uh, what was one of the kind of a best uh, surprise elements that all our users really enjoy and i get a lot of positive feedback about that therefore uh, just signing up for the bitget and taking little portion of that winning prizes i think that can be a very easy step to begin with even without doing much very cool very cool well vugar um thanks for your time today um i'll give you the last word here if there's any other final thoughts or any like you know you know, any, any uh, bold predictions for the market for 2024 uh, before we, we sign off here? Definitely. I think like, as we are talking about Latin America, uh, like a Ethereum's uh, Cancun upgrade is one thing that I'm really excited about because I love uh, how technology advances. And also I believe that we are past the crypto winter. Even the bull run is not here yet. I, I love saying it's like it's kind of a crypto spring and it's the time to clean up make our minds and get ready for the next bull run therefore i am very positive about 2024 and i want all our users and entire crypto community to keep positive and make sure that because we've been tagging along entire uh, crypto winter and i think it's a very hopeful time now with all the advancement happening in the market that we will be seeing a very great news coming up very soon and everyone can finally start uh, you know collecting the fruits of their hard work and patience and i believe that this hopeful year can make all of us very happy in terms of crypto gains amazing amazing vugar thank you so much for your time really appreciate uh you coming on the show and telling us about uh what bitget's doing in the region and and globally uh and best of luck in uh over the next year thank you thank you very much for having me and it was a very nice to chat and also like a self-reflect on the things i'm doing because as you mentioned i just started i'm laying down the foundations for the strategy and driving the company along and it's very important for me to keep in touch with the reality and make sure that the strategy i'm building aligns with overall what you are talking about every time i talk about it i get more things coming up and things that i want to add i want to polish and i think it's a great way to kind of get a self-reflection Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm glad I could help you in that process. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, appreciate you coming on the show and thanks everyone for listening and we'll be, we'll see you uh, back here next time.